Hi, this is Stay, and I am your host, Takesha August. On this podcast, you'll hear conversations and content dedicated to trust, love, and honoring our intuition from birth to motherhood, from work to womanhood. Collectively, we will be cultivating peace, joy, confidence, and community, the foundational elements of thriving in a well-lived life, and sharing some laughter along the way. Here's to new patterns, healed hearts, and becoming the masters of our own self-preservation. You are invited to stay with your heart, with your body, and with me. Welcome. Hello and welcome to Stay. This is Takesha. I am so honored and excited to have this conversation with our guest today, Miss Maya Tyler, who I have known for a very long time. <laughs> we'll just leave it there. <laughs> um, we go we go back a few years. Um, she and I were cheerleaders in college together. Um, which is sometimes a little known fact for people, even though I've shared it several times. Um, but I cheered in college and Maya was one of the, the older ones that brought me in only, only by a year, not like a lot. Right. <laughs> you brought me in. I listen. Um, but I'm so excited about, um, what she has to share today because she is brilliant in the work that she does and, um, the road that has led her to this work is quite profound. Um, so without further ado, Maya is an author, creative thought leader, and entrepreneur renowned for her self-made next-to-you strategy, which takes a refreshingly relatable and logical approach to putting one's life back together to create a life you can actually love after loss. What sets Maya apart is her creative approach to supporting women in a niche that most people are unaware of, widowhood life. She provides experience with the access of access to the little known yet crucial information needed for widows to create, curate, and financially support a new, independent, stable life after loss. Unlike other grief and loss coaches in this space, Maya has a step-by-step process that you can see, touch, and implement, and in her client's and in her clients, as well as in her own life, she proves daily that it works. So thank you so much, Maya, for being here. I'd love to introduce you all, listeners, to my friend and widowhood coach, Maya Tyler. Hi. Hi. Hello. It's an honor to be here. Um, your show is amazing, and everything you do is amazing. So I'm super excited to be on. Well, thank you. Awesome. Well, since... People don't have the privilege of knowing you for as long or as well as I do. Can you just share with the listeners um, who you are and what brought you to this very specific work in working with um, women who are widows? Well, um, like you said, my name is Maya Tyler. Um, As far as who I am, I am a lot of things. But the role that we're talking about today is my role as a widowhood coach. So um, as a mom and an author and a speaker, all those things, they do revolve around this particular niche that I'm sitting in, which is the widowhood life 
explanation and blueprint, so to speak. So um, the reason I'm even interested in, in having the conversation about the widowhood life and the blueprint necessary is because it's what I needed. I'm a widow. And um, it started when I was at a very young age. I was 27 years old when my husband passed away tragically in a very unexpected freak accident. And it left me with two small kids. And the issue therein is that when you're looking at widowhood from the outside in and other people that become widows, it's an event to you where this is a bad thing that happened and you feel sorry for this person. You do everything you can, but you hope they'll move on with their lives. I found sitting in that space that that is actually not the case. You do not move on with your life, so to speak. You move forward with this baggage, with these new obstacles and with all of the uh, struggles and problems and, you know, rewards. And it's, it's a completely different life. And I, at 27, did not have the blueprint for that. Um, when I looked for it, all I found was grief support groups, which were great, but not telling me what next, what now, how do I uh, figure out who I am without my husband and do that with kids in tow and support us, you know, all together and, you know, not lose my mind. You know, it's it's a heavy grief, but it's also um, it's also a transformation. How do you do that transformation, being true to yourself, growing into who you're supposed to be and have kids in tow and continue to people among other people in your life? It's it's a complete it needs a complete blueprint. And I didn't find one. So I decided to make one. Um, and when I yeah, made it, yeah. it was basically <clears throat> a, um, a logical approach. I'm a very logical person. Another thing that I am is a cybersecurity engineer. So that gives away my nerdiness. And I needed more <laughs> than just someone going, woo, 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 you're going to be OK. I needed. OK, but how, you know? There was the faith path where it says, oh, you know, lean on God. I'm like, OK, so I, come here, Mr. Jesus. Can I lean on you? Like how how you know, how do you do these things? How do you self-actuate in a realm that seems to be intangible? Um, and that's what I wanted. I wanted a step by step. So I created one for myself and other widows. And uh, it started as a book and a blog and has morphed since then over the years. Since 2015, it's been uh, it's it's morphed into a coaching program, um, retreats, speaking engagements, um, just kind of doing a whole lot of bringing awareness to the platform of widowhood life. Um, another reason I chose to do this and, you know, full time is because I when I looked into the world for this to see myself, to see someone who understood my personal issues and my personal place in this. Because, you know, not to disqualify any other culture, any other uh, age group or any other um, perspective religiously, I wanted to see mine. I wanted to connect. Um, and I didn't. I didn't see any other young um, people as young being widows. I didn't see that. So I didn't under I didn't know all the things there are to know about the issues that younger people deal with, uh, whether or not you're going to get a new um, love or whether or not you're going to find yourself. And then there was the mom factor where I didn't see that you know, being young at 27 widowed. A lot of those people, if they were, they didn't have kids yet. So it's like, okay, how do I solo parent 
with all the stigmas around solo parenting that I have boys that can't raise, so on and so forth. And then being a black woman, that is not something I saw in the global or national platforms for widowhood. You have, you know, some big companies that are out there that are doing things for widows as far as emotional support and um, camps and uh, recreational things. But on the face of those, when you go to the, uh, the websites and things, you don't see, I did not see myself. I did not feel like this was a place for me. So I, I decided to be the culture ad and add those three things to this diaspora because it wasn't there. I love that. I love that. Well, and we find that many of the things that are out in the world right now exist because they were needed. It was something it was something that was necessary to the culture and to the time and most specifically to the person that created that thing. Um I'm just I'm always so amazed by your story and I remember I I remember very vividly the experience of being someone to witness you after Jason's passing and us, you know, as friends and as sisters, you know, kind of collectively holding the space for you, but not knowing how to hold the space. And so I'm wondering, um, for people who are on the outside witnessing someone who has lost a loved one, specifically a partner, a spouse, what is something that can be helpful for, for people to, to offer in the way of, of support? Because we know like, you know, words and thoughts and prayers mm-hmm. aren't, aren't going to do it. But what is, I've always wondered, like, what is the thing that, that can be most supportive in a time of, of great loss like that? Um, I'm probably going to say the opposite of what is expected here. Um, People have a need to fix things. People have a need to fix other people or do something that's going to help them feel better or feel supported. And that's great. But there are some things that there is no answer to. And the reason that I felt widowhood was so hopeless, so depressing and so Um, alone, the reason I felt those things in it was because there was no one willing to say, I know there's no answer, but I'm still here. You know, Um, everyone was trying to be supportive, trying to be helpful, give me this, give me that. And I'm not going to say I'm not grateful for it. Um, But the feeling that you feel on the outside coming in when you give these things and you still realize that it's not really the thing It's because there is no thing and being okay with death is something that every human struggles with. Every human struggles with the unsolvable problem. Um, The acceptance is the other side of, um, of dealing with death that close up and having somebody from the outside uh, help or support, I think would be about, being available to listen um, and being present to remind them that you didn't do anything wrong. You don't need to be fixed. There's nothing wrong with this particular uh, happening that happened to you. Yes, it sucks. Yes, it's a tragedy. But this is, you know, you're going to 
not so much you're going to be okay, but um, whatever you are and whatever you're feeling right now, I'm here. You know, um, you're not alone. And I think the most helpful thing that, you know, somebody from the outside can also do is to know somebody that's doing something, you know, like this, where they can connect because the connection, the you're not alone for some reason within myself and the uh, clients that I've had as a coach and the peers that I've had in my support group, the I get you because I've done, I've been through it is priceless. It's everything. So if you're able to point those people in a direction where they can be somewhere with others that get them, not just a generic grief support, because it is a very specific grief. You wouldn't put two people that one lost their dad and one lost their husband because I've done both and they are completely different griefs. They're, you know, different. Um, but I would definitely point them in the direction and say, you know, I heard about this group or I heard about this coach or I heard about this. You know, um, I think connecting with others that understand you and can actually say, I get you and are not, you know, I'm not going to say just divorce with quote fingers because no one can, t- can see me. But, um, you know, people that are going through divorce tend to say, oh, I understand. No, you don't. It's not the same. Your husband can find a can of act right and y'all can, you know, get back together. Mine, that's not going to happen. So it's, it's a completely different situation. So basically finding, uh, helping them find um, like-minded and um, kindred spirits is going to be very helpful for them. I love that. I love that answer. I'm, I'm wondering also, you mentioned that in your bio, you mentioned that you have a very unique approach to the work that you're doing with widows. Um, and you also mentioned that when you lost your husband, you were immediately thrown into being a single mother and a widow. Um, do you find that the support needed for those mm-hmm. who have lost a spouse and have children is different than the support needed for the emotional support needed for those um, who have lost a spouse and perhaps didn't have children. Um, they one does not need more support than the other, but the support is different. Um, with a um, with with a mom with a solo parent, um, there is the first of all acceptance of being a solo parent and not a single parent. There are two different things. Um, and what you're going to do with that, as far as how the rest of your life goes, are you going to repartner? Are you going to, um, find yourself? Are you going to, you know, um, throw yourself into your kids? What are you going to do with yourself and parenting a grieving child at the same time? That is a completely other subject entirely where depending on the age of the child, there is an entire, I want to almost say curriculum of um, what there is, what a child needs losing their their parent. Um, On the flip side, a parent or a a person that is um, was married and has no children, they are now faced with a completely um, not completely different, but similar, but has differences blueprint. Theirs would be about, yes, finding themselves, about dating again, yes, but whether or not also about they want to have kids ever. Um, and if they don't, what are you doing with your your uh, your, your time, your purpose, 
your financial means, what are you doing? Because a lot of times when you have that, you have a marriage with no children. You have the beginning stages of you know the marriage and the marriage or the ending stages of marriage, wherever you are in your marriage. The point I'm making is they have made their lives about this other person. So, um, and that's not saying it's a bad thing. It's kind of an instinctual thing, you know, to become one. It's said in the, in the vows and, you know, that's something that people are used to. So I'm definitely not knocking it, but it becomes a sort of a um, symbiotic relationship. And so learning to live on your own and be okay on your own and not feel alone on your own are huge milestones that need their own curriculum, so to speak. So I would say they're different. Um, Yeah. Around like what span of time do you tend to work with people? Are they like new widows? Have they been widowed? Like, is there a particular season of widowhood that people tend to come to you for support? There should be, (laughs) but there isn't. And I say that because um, we have to screen every client. We have to screen and and make sure that it's a fit because um, you are welcome to feel like you're ready for change or you're ready to move forward at any stage. There are the the problem is that people believe that in this uh, older doctrine of grief stages And I haven't found that to be true for me or anyone that I've coached. Stages of grief, they're not chronological and they don't have time limits. They, um, you know, someone gave the the example that if you are pointing to a staircase, this is how the grief goes. And really what it looks like is a tangled ball of string because you can revisit spaces, you can go back spaces, It's all over the place. So in saying that and in in realizing that, I have coached people who were uh, Mm. newly widowed as of maybe a couple of weeks and, you know, not eight months pregnant and like, I got to figure this out. And I've also coached people that have been, you know, remarried and they're still needing spaces of widowhood because widowhood is not an event. Like we, like we said before, it's a life change. You become this and whether, you know, what you do with what you become is up to you. Um, but it's going to stay with you. This backpack of, of, of widowhood, it stays with you for the rest of your life. So whatever stage in your life that you're in, widowhood is um, in effect. So um, I say there should be um, a prerequisite. And that only prerequisite, though, is not the stage that you're in, but whether or not you're you're ready and willing to uh, accept change and um, move forward, not just on. Some people are in it looking for a quick fix. Some people look for coaching thinking, oh, she's going to fix me. Oh, I'm not going to um, feel as bad anymore. I'm going to, you know, be this new, bouncing, wonderful person. And it's like, yeah, you can be, but you won't stop being you. You won't stop being sad. You won't stop feeling grief. And if you're looking to do those things, this is not the place for you. This is that that for me is not uh, realistic. And I want to start people as clients in a realistic space where, you know, we're not looking to fix or change you. We're looking to accept who you are and see where we can take that. 
That's amazing. So what what does it look like for people to work with you? Is it uh, you you mentioned the group program? Do people work with you one on one? Tell me a little bit about the process and what it actually looks like for someone who this the whole this whole concept might be new to them. They might be your like really need your support, but they're really wondering like, gosh, what does this look like? You know, how does this feel for someone coming in? Um, yeah, what what could you share about that? Okay, um, typically, what and I'm just going to compare and contrast. Uh, my program to uh, traditional programs. So traditionally a grief program, you know, you go and you see um, a counselor or therapist um, weekly and you guys, you know, you talk uh, in therapy and psychotherapy. We learned that you talk about the things about your past and what makes you, you in order to um, decipher and, and understand why you feel the way you feel. As a, uh, as a client, I felt that to be frustrating. I didn't need to know why I was sad. I knew why I was sad. My husband was gone. I didn't want to talk about, and you know, not that it wasn't productive, but um, it wasn't productive. It, it's not that it wasn't helpful, I mean. It just wasn't productive. And the realm that I'm bringing uh, widowed women to is if you are uh, secure in, in your emotions, and you are um, in a space where you no longer un- need to understand why you feel the way you feel, you're ready to have make some progress and be productive and actually see some tangible um, results, plans, uh, issues that you're struggling with. You actually want to do something, have an action plan. That's where I come in. So my program... Um, it does more than the let's explore your feelings. We do explore feelings, but we also explore um, what this life, this acceptance of this life is going to take for you. We also talk about, um, you know, what it is that forward means for you, what you need to accomplish and achieve or understand or get help with or have a plan for. How, how can we stop free falling? That's the, the, uh, the, the gist of, of the program and actually get on a track where we have, you know, whatever it is that we need to stop free falling. Some people need a schedule. Some people need to start list making. Some people need to have to do's. Some people need to um, understand their children. So they need advice on referrals and things on how they can get that together. Some people need um, other uh, other experts like financial experts. We have that in the program also where they're, you know, in a bind financially because of this passing and don't know how to, uh, function budget future cast their money to make sure that their kids have a chance at college. There are all kinds of things that are not more important, but on the same level as emotional balance. And with therapy, traditionally, it seemed that that's all they were focused on, where I'm in a more holistic space where we want to deal with everything that comes with widowhood life, not just the event of widowhood like in therapy. So what this looks like in the program is, uh, yes, 
listening and and um, being a part of lectures that, you know, are not so much lectures, I guess, as they sound, they're more um, experiences where I'm speaking to them and, you know, what I'm going through or what I went through when I was in their phases. And then we, we back and forth about, you know, how they're similar, how she can, you know, maybe get some advice on how to do something, so on and so forth. Um, and then there's the actual tangible piece where it's a course and the course helps you brainstorm yourself. There are a lot of things that you say in, um, in therapy that you weren't thinking about before you didn't know were in there. And um, especially when you do certain exercises that have you actually write out some things, looking at them on paper is completely different than having them in your head because there are some, you know, people we will go through, well, you know, what are your biggest issues about this loss? And, you know, in your head, you're like, they're gone, duh. But when you start writing it out on paper, you find, you know, um, I'm insecure without my person. You know, I, I miss having a, somebody next to me. You know, I feel like I'm afraid I can't do this by myself. I'm afraid I'm an unfit mom. There's a whole lot in there when you actually do the exercises and, and pull it out of yourself. So that's the, uh, the course piece. And at the end of the course, there is an actual action plan where we put together, like we, like I mentioned before, how can we stop free falling? How can you take control of the things you can control because there are two sides of acceptance. You know, there's accepting that there are things that you can't, but there's also accepting and taking responsibility on the things that you can. So we are focusing in them on the things that they can control, making them, giving them little reasons to be proud of themselves every day, giving them milestones to move forward with. So you can actually see a change in your life, your attitude and your emotional uh, position on, you know, uh, being a widow in general. And um, it, it tends to help the outlook and, and um, I guess, uh, overall stigmas about widowhood. It helps to, as opposed to uh, the therapy, the therapy uh, route, where that could be a couple of months and it could be never ending. You could keep going back to this person and spilling your guts and potentially not get anywhere or potentially, you know, not get anywhere as fast as you'd like to, where on the other, on this side, it's not really, you know, um, a speed thing, but it's an effective, it's an efficiency thing. How, how can we actually do something about this widowhood? How can we live in this widowhood more than just once a week talking about it? What do we do in our actual lives that we can't do in that chair and the therapist chair? You know, how do we, how do we actually act on being accepting being widows? So that's hopefully enough. Oh my gosh. Your program, it, it does sound so holistic. And I know I've heard you talk about some of the details in the past, but it's, it's really incredible to hear how well thought out all these components are. Like you can really tell that you brought a lot of yourself and your own experience into this work. Like wh where was I and what did I do and what did I need? Um, I've, I've never, I personally have never heard anything like this. Um, granted, I, I haven't been in need of something like this, but also just in conversation around like, you know, when people are talking about who they help and who they support and what they do, I've never heard anyone really hold space for, for people who have lost a spouse in such a beautiful way. 
in considering the whole person and making sure that they're really set up to feel, you know, not only um, ready to go out and date again, should they choose, because there are a lot of programs like that, like, oh, we'll help you find a, get yourself together for the purpose of finding someone. But it sounds like what you're doing here is really helping these women to, to integrate what they're learning here for the purpose of really finding who they are and being a whole person. And then wherever they choose to go in their life, they are, they bring their whole self with them with the additional story of having lost a spouse. Is that right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, Yeah. I, um, Thank you. Um, I, we definitely have widows that don't intend to, to remarry or um, don't, and don't intend to have more children or want to adopt children and continue to be single or, you know, want to uh, have a partner but never actually get married again. There's so many places that it can go, but we're making sure that the answer is not another person, another step, another adventure. I mean, the answer is figuring out who you are and being able to take, like you said, that whole person to the next adventure, to the next person, to the next, whatever it is you have in your next chapter. But knowing that the you-ness that you find, you're secure and you don't have or have to feel naked now without your other half because you're whole. Beautiful. So where can people find you nowadays? What are you working on? Um, nowadays I am working well, I have, uh, two speaking engagements and workshops coming up. They are in the, uh, there's a national platform for widows, like I mentioned earlier. Um, and it's called Soaring Spirits. They have a camp that as a widow, I didn't know about until a few years in. Um, cause like I said, those, it doesn't really, uh, at, at first it wasn't catering to people that looked like me. Um, but, um, it's, pretty popular in, you know, on a, on a mainstream level, it's called Camp Widow. And every year they have this, uh, it's been going on for at least almost 10, 20 years now. And, um, I will be speaking, um, representing my culture ad of young, um, um, moms of color. So, um, I'm really excited about that. And, um, I'll be speaking in San Diego, their San Diego camp and in their Canadian camp in Ontario. So, um, Super excited about that. That's um, November and October, October 15th and November 12th this year. So I'm super excited. Amazing. I'm going to, and and if you're listening, I'm going to add everything that she's saying, I'm going to add to the show notes so you don't have to worry about going to Google or find it out. I'll, I'll have it provided below. Right, right, right. And they can also, and what else? Oh, they can also find me on my website, um, thebouncebackproject.com. Um, we are launching the next, the fall program very soon. So we'll be open for fall clients um, very soon. All that information will be um, on my Instagram, which is the Bounce Back Project. Um, and on my website. So uh, feel free to follow and make sure that you don't miss any updates if uh, as soon as we have that stuff out. But um, yeah, we are looking forward to the fall semester um, with the with our program. 
and we're looking forward to the Camp Widow stuff. So we're, uh, we just finished a retreat uh, a month ago. So um, that was amazing. Our first retreat was going to be annual now. Um, hopefully with COVID, we can go overseas next year. because That was the original plan, but uh, we had a great time anyway here in Maryland um, on the Bay. So it was awesome. And, um, but definitely looking forward to next year's, uh, retreat. And, um, I think that's it so far, (laughs) so far. Amazing. Okay. I have one more question that I ask every guest and that is what practices do you lean on when you need to stay with yourself? How do you stay with yourself when life is challenging or you're being called to move out of your comfort zone? Um, when we talked earlier, you said staying with yourself and I'm taking it to feel like um, something that I teach, actually. And it's about um, finding your 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 pieces. I feel like we all have pieces of us that make us who we are. There are specific um, core values about yourself. And um, my core values help me remember to ground myself and say, you know what? I may not be able to solve this problem that way. But when I go into my core values, that's how I stay with myself. I say, okay, well, my core values are being uh, creative, productive, hopeful, and helpful. How can I be creative and fix this? How can I be hopeful and you know accept this? How can I be um, productive and get through this? You know, those are my stays with myself. I remind me this is who I am. This is what I'm good at. So if God has brought me something to, to grapple with or live through or be an example for, how can I use those things? Because I feel like those are our gifts from him. We are from, from God. When I say from him, I feel like we all have specific core values that are our helpers that shine when we, you know, that can be called upon at any time. So staying with yourself my um, interpretation of that would be calling upon those pieces of you that make you stellar, that make you amazing, that make you able to push through just about anything that comes your way. You are such a gem in the world. I'm so honored that We've known each other for so long, and I'm so honored that I get to know someone like you. You are by far one of the most genuine people, and you bring so much joy to a space you always have. You always kept us in stitches in the <laughs> locker room and on the field, and I'm so glad to know you as a full adult um, and, and seeing you do such powerful work in the world, and thank you so much again for taking the time to share your mind and your heart with us here today. And yeah, I, I'm, I just wish you so much joy and blessings in your life and in the work that you're doing. Thank you. You as well, Takesha. You're doing amazing things as well. I always love coming to any space, any corner that you are, but be it in my email because I get the newsletter. I love it. Or being on you know Instagram or even listening to your podcast. You are just a light everywhere you go and I enjoy it and I love it. It is a warm, happy light that hopefully last forever and ever and ever <laughs> somehow. So, um, <laughs> well, from, from your lips to God's ears. <laughs> so I uh, thank you so much for having me on your show. Thank you. Take care. You too.